podcast. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in third and final hour here on Friday morning. That means it is time for our weekly discussion with New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. And joining her is Ward 6 Councillor Ryan Pereira. Good morning, Councillors. How are you? Good morning, Tim. Good morning. And uh, I, I'm assuming you're both rested up again after uh, all the uh, election activities of earlier this week. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> we've been we've been really busy the last couple of days, and I know, like myself, um, Council Pereira, we're working on removing sign, campaign signs, etc. No, not rested at all, Council Pereira. <laughs> no, uh, definitely not rested, and uh, uh, still working hard. Uh, it's an important week uh, with Veterans Day activities all week, uh, removing campaign stuff, and uh, but I think the adrenaline from Tuesday night keeps us going. Absolutely. Well, I want to talk a little bit about that veteran stuff. Uh, Councillor Pereira, you're part of the advisory committee for this new uh, monument that will be built for post 9-11 veterans from the greater New Bedford area. And so now the city has announced that they've they found a design firm to kind of work on this. And I've seen some of the work. I looked at that Chicago Navy Yard. What an impressive uh, creation that is. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on on that selection and, and kind of give us an idea of where this will be located and, and what the advisory board is thinking it'll be. Yeah, so um, I was able to jump in on this. I'm, I'm uh, grateful that I'm able to serve on this advisory board. Um, the uh, Prior to myself joining this board, uh, they had made the selection of the firm, who I've met with um, at the uh, site location. We did some site walks, and they are very, very uh, nice. They have some great ideas. Uh, they're, very, they're, they're very eager to have the community involved. And, and, and our veterans involved to shaping what this will look like. And uh, I, I, West Beach Jetty, or otherwise known as the Coral Street Boat Ramp on the west uh, side of, of the peninsula. And so what, 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 what are those envision? Like, what, what, is the ta- what have you tasked the, um, the designer with coming up with? So, uh, as the press release says, this is a monument to honor uh, those who served uh, in the global war on terror, the ongoing global war on terror. So unlike other monuments, uh, uh, this is not dedicated to something that has a start and an end. This is something that is ongoing, and I think that's a, a difficult challenge. But we have an, a, a, a great board put together of, of community members, of veterans, and, and the biggest task, I think, that... That uh, in my conversations with the designer is to make sure the people of our city and the veterans of our city are heard uh, and and taken into account in this monument. And and uh, Council President Mora, just your thoughts on on this being added to all the great monuments that we have around the city, paying tribute to our veterans. Yeah, New Bedford's an amazing place, isn't it? Um, we have so many tributes to veterans. They're beautiful. Uh, most of them you know, um, the inspiration of the veterans themselves, which is kind of unique. So this is just another uh, piece that we'll add. It's uh, New Bedford knows 
and uh, the value and the honors and respect those that have served to give us freedom. So I'm really excited about it. And I know Council Pereira is going to have a great experience. Um, I was involved in the Women's Memorial that is down at Forteva Park, and um, it's it was just an amazing experience. And uh, God bless the people that have served us in the past. And this weekend will be full of, uh, of activities uh, in honor of Veterans Day and some different things that are going on. Yeah, it's not just this week. I mean, we've been doing this all week. Uh, uh, Wednesday night, Council Prayer, we were at uh, Rachel's. Uh, Council Carney joined us along with Council Markey and Council Elect Lopes, and we were honoring the Veteran of the Year that has been selected every year now for 28 years by the Veterans Transition House. Um, yesterday, Council Prayer and I were down at Roosevelt representing the Council as the Students Honored Veterans. That's a tradition that's been going on down there for many years as well. Uh, today, um, Council Oliver and I are going to Sacred Heart, and Council Markey and Council Giester are going to Care One, where we're going to be honoring the veterans that are at those facilities. So, um, you know, it's always busy around this time, Memorial Day as well, and we're, we're you know, honored to be part of that. Uh, to thank the men and women who have served us. And, uh, of course, uh, and anybody that does go out and take part in these, you know, um, I, I hope that everybody understands, you know, that this is this is a, a weekend of reflection and uh, of, of uh, honoring the sacrifice that those have made, those who are with us and what they've had to endure and what they've had to see. Uh, we were talking a little bit yesterday about, you know, kind of the reverence for days like this. Um, but of course, having parades and things like that are always celebratory too, in, in nature. And one thing that I think people aren't celebrating, but I've heard some various different viewpoints on this. That is the voter turnout that happened on Tuesday, thirteen percent, which was up from the preliminary, but still, according to at least um, what New Bedford Light reported, the lowest general election uh, turnout in since 1979 when when they were able to chase those records tra trace those records back so just that idea of the of the turnout council president morad uh we can get into some of the other stuff too but are you are you encouraged by there being that many people compared to the preliminary or do you think there's still some work to do here to get more people out to the polls oh no i'm not encouraged at all <laughs> um you know i i don't know why people don't come out to vote i mean uh, last week I mentioned that I was very um, thankful that your station and some of the business owners in the city had, you know, been using advertising time to try to promote that. I know my colleagues and I were doing the same. I mean, I was calling. I know my colleagues were as well. I don't understand what's going on. Um, I, for one, and I think Council Pereira does this too, I always get the voting records after an election. I did that after the primary. And, you know, I started to look through it to see, okay, this person I know, this person I don't. Did this person vote? I'm just so surprised. So one-on-one -on -one, I'm going to have some conversations with folks after I get the information from the election, um, from the last election, to find out those that didn't vote, you know, that I personally know. What is it? Tell me, tell me what we can change that's going to make you want to come out uh, on Election Day. Uh, we certainly have a lot of opportunities that are not Election Day, for people to go out and vote. But why, what is it on election day that stops you from coming out? Uh, I think it's a discussion we need to have, not only in the city, but across the country. Yeah, Councilor Pereira, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, as far I'm, I'm glad to see that it was more than the 6% we got in the preliminary election. Uh, that's, that's definitely 
uh, it's more than double, which is good. However, uh, not where we would want it to be, obviously. I think everyone can say that. I don't know what the answer is. I don't think uh, I don't think it's a, it's a it's a unique situation to New Bedford. Not saying we shouldn't try and lead and and figure out a way to to help solve it, but it is a national trend. I think we're seeing general uh, apathy when it comes to this type of uh, when it comes to voting. And and as you pivoted when you first introduced the question, Tim. You know, uh, we have veterans and, and those who have served our country so that we have the right to vote. And, and the least we could do is on Tuesday, on an election day, go to the polls and, and circle a few names. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know, you know, the, the topic of term limits came up quite a bit, Council President Morad, leading up to this election. And I'm sure it'll be something that will happen now going forward because all, all five incumbent at-large counselors who were kind of the focus of this this citizen effort um, will be will be uh, were reelected rather. So you, I mean, just your thoughts on that because you know as as we saw there was there's not a lot of people that are coming out to run for these offices. So it's uh, if you're going to limit people in how often and how much they can serve, are you going to have people lined up behind them to want to come in and fill in those positions? I don't know. So let's talk about that. You know, um, I I've been skeptical of the term limit effort by a couple of people here in the city. I know they gathered a lot of signatures. Um, I'm not sure a lot of people were um, really informed, if you will, about what the, uh, what the reason was behind that effort to put a term limit on the city council only. But, you know, let's look at the races, Tim, that were on the ballot. You had an assessor race, which is a six-year term, no competition, um, the candidate that was running and elected has served for a long time. You had school committee on the ballot. You had uh, three positions open. You had three uh, candidates, no challenges, four-year term. Uh, several of those folks have been serving for well, very well for a while. I'm, I'm not criticizing anyone who has served. And, you know, forget the mayor race for a minute, but from the city council, you had contested races in two wards and at the at-large. So you had people running. If you look at the statistics, um, Sean Oliver, I, I look at that position as a turnover this year because it has turned over, and you had Ward 1 and Ward 5 turnover. So 27% of the council turned over this year, which is something that a couple of us have been saying for a while now. Um, there is turnover on the council. And by the way, that's only a two-year term. So, And we had challengers. We had you know qualified challengers for the position. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've never been in favor of term limits. I've said that before. Uh, if the city moves forward because the residents want to do that, um, you know, I, be a uh, ballot question, then so be it. That's what we'll do in the city of New Bedford. We don't we don't rule what the city uh, residents want to do. But I question whether there is a need, and I certainly question whether there's a need for the city council to be the only group that has a term limit. And I know that those that were promoting the ballot, Tim, ballot questions say, oh, no, we're going to start there. But it doesn't seem like a logical place to start based on what the results have been over the last 18 years that I've been serving. And I, we've had this conversation before as well. I don't know what Council Pereira thinks about it. I, I haven't really asked him. Well, uh, on the topic of, of um, term limits, I... I I'm generally open to the idea. I do not think it is 
I, I do think it's something worthy of exploration. Uh, but for all elected positions, all elected positions, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, we have a, a, a new, uh, well, I guess at this point, not new, but we have a four-year mayoral term, six-year term for assessor, four-year term for school committee, and two-year term uh, for the um, uh, city council. Uh, and I do think that, that term limits would be something that is worthy of a discussion for all elected officials. I believe all elected officials all the way up to D.C. should have term limits. Uh, but I think that might start, uh, it could start in New Bedford. I think it should start in New Bedford. Uh, with that all being said, um, I, I, I think it's something that needs to be investigated and researched thoroughly. I, I, there are other communities who have implemented term limits, and that is something we can use as a resource to, to investigate and to look as to how it affected their community and and w- where it stands. Because while it is good to have fresh ideas and new voices, which I am fully behind. There also is a, a, a there also needs to be consideration for experience, which which needs to be balanced out. So if term limits were to be established, it would it would have to uh, encompass that. So it's not a fresh slate every 10 years, so to speak, or what have you. Right. That's, I, you know, Catherine Adamowitz, who was the one uh, leading this effort, she had called in and said, you know, she wanted a clean slate. And I said, well, but you need some of that veteran guiding hand to, to, to lead people into how to do it. So you'd, you'd want to kind of stagger how that would be. And right now you've got everybody on the ballot all at one time. So it's, a, it's, it's, it'd be a little bit harder to, to avoid that scenario, uh, the potential for that scenario, I should say. But that's not true. You know, that, that your comment is correct. And with regard to the school committee and the assessors, that's, that's not how it works. They are all staggered as well. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, they don't run into that situation where you have, you know, 11 new people that show up and you don't, you don't know where the bathroom is. I mean, I'm not trying to make light of this, but as we've talked before, Tim, there, there is no book that tells somebody how to do this job. Um, you have to rely on the experience of the people that have done it before um, for their guidance. It doesn't mean you need to agree with them all the time, but there there has to be somebody who, who knows how the process works. Yeah, I mean, and if you're going to read, if you're looking at redoing the charter, if you're looking at updating the charter, you know, well, I guess maybe everything's on the table. Maybe it becomes a longer council term or and then you can stagger it every two years or something. Who knows, you know, where, where this will end up going. Um, but, of course, you know, there'll be interesting conversations to have. One other conversation that's been going on all week long here on the station, uh, and I'll ask you this, uh, Council President Morad, because this is in, in your home ward, but we had that issue with the sign that was put out on Monday as opposed to Tuesday uh, that told people that they could vote at the Vibra Hospital. I know you were getting calls about it, and people were confused about what was going on. The election office said that it was, you know, the movers put it out a day early. The mover called into the station, somehow got the VIP line, and called into Chris McCarthy to, to, to take the blame for it. Um, have you looked into this a little bit further to try to find out what went on and, and to, to make sure that this doesn't happen again? I have not looked into it at this point in time. Um, I'm sure there will be a discussion about making sure that it doesn't happen again. But um, based on what I've heard at this point in time, it, it appears it was an honest mistake. It doesn't appear that there was any conspiracy to confuse voters. It appears like there was an, a, you know, a genuine honest mistake by somebody probably new who works uh, with the company to try to help, and it ended up causing an issue. So you know, we'll make sure that going forward, we'll have a conversation to make sure going forward that that doesn't happen. But 
you know, I believe that the people in the city of New Bedford are intelligent enough to know that voting happens on the, on the on Tuesday, not the Monday in the city. And if there was any confusion, because we do have early voting in the city now, which we haven't had always, you know, then our apologies to those folks because, um, you know, that we don't, we're not trying to confuse anybody and we're certainly not trying to discourage people from voting. So I'm, I'm sure there'll be a discussion, but as I mentioned to you at this point, this week's been really busy. We really haven't stopped, even though there was an election uh, on Tuesday, and we have a lot going on in the council as well. So I really haven't had an opportunity to have the discussion. I did get a call. Um, I did immediately call the election commissioner. I asked him, and he explained to me what he knew was going on, and I um, I offered to go up and remove the sign. It was already removed when I got there, so somebody had already done it for him or uh, the people at the uh, polling place, um, you know, the uh, uh, nursing home there, maybe they recognized it and took it down. All right. Well, we only we only have a few moments here. I want to ask you about this coming week. I know that you have uh, some some celebrations planned, and uh, you're gonna. It's you know you do this um, a couple times a year where you you honor some of the the different city residents. Yeah, we have our celebration meeting this week. Um, we haven't had one since May, April or May. Council Prayer. I don't remember. And, um, I think it was April. April. Yep. I'm going to be honoring a bunch of people, a bunch of organizations, um, the church. Excuse me, the Church of the Nazarene is celebrating its 75th anniversary. Council Berger and I attended their um, luncheon, but we're going to bring the organization in. Uh, the Miss New Bedford Scholarship pageant celebrating its 70th anniversary. We're going to bring them in. Uh, we're really excited. Um, the young woman who's representing the state of Massachusetts in the Miss New Bedford teen, I'm, I'm sorry, the Miss America teen, pageant in January is a homegrown New Bedford resident, um, Emma Gibney, and she is uh, Officer Tim Gibney's daughter. So she'll be in before she goes to the national pageant. We're going to uh, thank her and recognize her. That's so exciting that a New Bedford resident will be competing on a national level for the title. I, I certainly hope she gets that crown and comes home. And then we have other organizations and other folks. we got a couple educators from different schools who are getting um, won a national award, won a state award. We're going to celebrate them and thank them for what they do for our students. And uh, I, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, we, uh, we also have the, um, the, uh, mass, the roller skating this, uh, woman, Ashley Holkamp. She's the, uh, you, had her, uh, um, you had her on the program as well, Tim. I think it was you. Maybe it was Michael Rock. I'm not sure. But she grabbed the, uh, she's second in the country as the champion for roller skating. And, again, she lives in New Bedford and has done most of her career in the roller skating industry here in local rinks in, around the area. And she was so a, it should be a fun movie. I would say she was a street teamer here with us too, yeah. Yeah, yep. So, so, so it, should be, it, should, it should be fun. Councillor Pereira, any truth now to that you're going to compete in the Miss Universe contest? <laughs> uh, no, no. I'd like to put a quell to those rumors. Complete false. <laughs> It's a it's a citizen effort to try to get you recruited into it. I think. Uh, well, I I think that I thank the citizens for thinking I would be wonderful, but uh, I can assure them that I cannot walk in heels. So. All right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I want to thank you both for joining us, uh, Council President Moore. Next week you'll be on. Jack will be here filling in, but uh, it'll be yourself and, and Councilor Oliver. Yes, yeah. has Jack agreed to that? He he did. Yes. Wow, okay, yeah. Yes, Councillor Oliver Oliver and I will be on. And then, Tim, 
we won't talk to you until December because um, I believe the following week is the Friday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you won't be on, and hopefully we'll be still uh, stuffed with turkey, all of us. So. But I'll, I'll be listening next Friday because I I, I'm going to wake up early out there in Detroit to hear that segment. With, yeah, yeah, with okay. you, with you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you both. Have a great weekend, and uh, and, and we'll talk soon. And thanks, Tim. Please, to, all, to all our veterans from all the members of the city council, uh, thank you for your service, and we'll look forward to being with you over the weekend. All right. That is uh, New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Ward 6 Council Ryan Pereira. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will have the news. We might just be a minute behind on the news, uh, but Ariel doesn't mind. She's, she's giving me that look of, ugh. Again, we'll be right back after a quick break. Oh, no, don't worry about that, Ariel. I pressed the wrong button. I had all my buttons lined up and I pressed the wrong button. All right, now it is time for me to press this button and go into the newsroom with Ariel Dorsey. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says more needs to be done to protect Palestinian civilians in Gaza. Blinken spoke in India today as he wrapped up his tour of Asia and said he welcomed Israel's pauses in the fight against Hamas, but that it isn't enough. Blinken said far too many Palestinians have been killed and have suffered during the conflict. Envelopes with suspicious powdery substances have been found at election offices in states across the country. Authorities in Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, and Georgia are investigating the envelopes, which were all received this week. It is unknown if the incidents are all connected. Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia will not seek re-election next year. Manchin made the announcement in a video posted to social media Thursday afternoon. He called it one of the toughest decisions of his life. The Cornell University student accused of making threats against Jewish people won't be getting out of jail before he stands trial. A federal magistrate judge on Thursday denied bail for 21-year-old Patrick Dye. Dye allegedly posted messages online claiming he was going to hurt Jewish students on the campus in upstate New York. SAG-AFTRA's national board today will review a proposed labor deal with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. If the board votes to approve the contract, it will be sent to union members for ratification. A developer wants to build a smaller version of the Las Vegas Fear in West Hollywood. On Thursday, the West Hollywood Planning Commission reviewed plans for the so-called Sphere on Sunset. Designers say Studio says it won't be an entertainment venue like the one in Las Vegas, but rather a broadcast venue. The Sphere would be 49 feet in diameter with a reception room, green rooms, preparation areas, and a broadcast facility. Today and throughout the Veterans Day weekend, several restaurant chains across the country will honor the men and women who serve the country with discounts and free meals. Most of those deals are for Saturday. In more sports, Char- in sports, Charlie Coyle recorded his first career in NHL hat trick to help lift the Bruins to a 5-2 win over the Islanders at TD Garden. Coyle's second of the game provided a two-goal lead and his empty netter secured the win for the black and gold. Tomorrow night, Boston will visit the Montreal Canadiens. New England will be representing the home team in its battle against the Indianapolis Colts in Germany. The game kicks off from Deutsche Bank Park in Frankfurt Sunday morning. The Colts are currently third in the AFC South at 4-5 and five after taking down the Carolina Panthers last week. The Pats enter the matchup on a two-game skid and are last in the AFC East at 2-7. and seven. 
The Celtics will be looking to snap their two-game skid. Tonight's game is the second of four meetings between the Celtics and Nets during the regular season. It is also the first in-season tournament game for the Celtics. Boston enters tonight's battle against the Brooklyn Nets at TD Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Good to be with you, everybody, on this Friday morning. We made it. Dry conditions for today. What a difference that day makes. We are seeing some areas of fog out there, mostly cloudy skies this morning throughout the day. But this morning, the temperatures in the mid to lower 40s as we head into the afternoon. Some dim sunshine, but more clouds than sun. Temperatures in the mid to lower 50s. Overnight tonight, clouds will be decreasing dry and cool for the weekend. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Just Another Day by John Mellencamp, but it's not just another day over at Alianza Restaurant because today's Friday. That means they have some of the best octopus in the city available today uh, down there on Cove Street in the south end of New Bedford. But not only can you go in there and get a great meal today, but they're also taking platter orders for Thanksgiving Day. You can add some Portuguese options to your dinner table while you gather with family and friends. So all you have to do is go to AlianzaRestaurant.com and you can check out their platter menu and then call them and reserve it and you'll be able to pick it up on Thanksgiving Day. They will actually have platter pickup available on Thanksgiving Day. The restaurant will be closed. It'll reopen the next day on Friday, but you'll be able to pick up your platter on Thanksgiving to bring it to your family party. And speaking of parties... It's not too late to book your holiday party at Alianza. Keep a lookout for details on Santa's upcoming annual visit to Alianza in December. But for right now, you can actually book your holiday party at Alianza Restaurant. Again, all you want to do is go to their website, AlianzaRestaurant.com, for more information. Or give them a call. Or even better yet, stop by, go in, have some dinner, talk with Susie, make all those plans, and also have yourself something delicious like that octopus. AllianceRestaurant.com and Alianza Cove Street in New Bedford. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? Just hanging in hurting, really, from this weather, the cold. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been up and down, up and down, so it's going to affect everybody, I think. When you have, yeah, I have issues with my knee and my back. So anyway, did you get any other information yet? Oh yeah, we've been we've been discussing it all morning. It's going to be happening Tuesday, November twenty first at Knuckleheads. Oh, all right. What time does that take place? Five to eight. Five to eight. All right. Now I got that. We're going to have the downstairs area is going to be all for us. Okay. I, I don't know if you've ever been downstairs at Knuckleheads. They have a nice little uh, nice little party area downstairs. Oh, good. 
good, but you can order from upstairs. Yep, they'll have food and drink uh, available for order. So, yep, you can you can order. I don't know if they're gonna have somebody bringing it down or if you can get it upstairs and bring it down. Um, but they have a bar down there, so we should we should have a good time. All right, I just wanted to make a comment on um, 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 this baby they found. Um, where did where did the baby where did the baby come from this time? Did they know what they, area? They haven't announced any details on that yet. Last one was from Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, that's so they they trace back, I guess the the um, the materials that the the baby was found amongst to to, to the vineyard. Again? No, no, the first time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a real sensitive subject. Um, men seem to have a different outlook on all this. But, do you know, a lot of men want women to have abortions. I mean, it, 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 Britney Spears just came out about Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. He wanted. He didn't want to have any children. So And, uh, that, and, and she's talking about that now, and I noticed. Um, another thing is, um, there's even couples I've read in books and stuff that don't want to have children and they've went and had the woman went and had an abortion and they were married. It's just that it, it would, it was going to mess up their, um, plans and what they had going on or whatever. It's that, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And some people have various different reasons for not wanting to have children. Um, I, I have multiple friends who are childless couples by choice. They don't they don't want to have any children, and uh, it could be a variety of things. Sometimes it's a matter of, you know, um, they have a history of illness in the family and they don't want to have that, you know, passed on to the next generation. Sometimes it's that uh, you know people just look at it and they think that it's some sort of selfish thing, but it's that's not always the case. But you know what? Who's going to take care of all these all these babies? Like dogs. I have one dog. I wouldn't want to have 10, 20 dogs. I couldn't handle it. People just don't know what they can handle, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, I'm i not comparing a human being to a dog, but still, no, they're better than the, the animals are better than people in my book. But yeah, anyway, I think that um, a lot of people would agree with that. Huh? I think a lot of people would agree with that. You know what? Who's going to take care of all these kids? That's what I want to know. Everybody calls up and says, says all these things. But I mean, we can't. And we got immigrants coming in here. And they complain about that. What about all these kids? If they were going to be having um, all these babies? Well, I mean, that's the that's the line that people use against conservatives. Is they say you you really care about those babies when they're in the mother's womb, but then once they're born, you know, you don't you don't care enough about any of the social programs that'll take care of them. I'm not for it because I don't think it's good or healthy, but there's, there's contraceptive and all that. What are you going to do about that, though? That's a tough situation. And then, you know, to go backwards in time for women, they don't like that. That's why you've seen all that uproar. Well, the bottom line is a lot of this is based in people's religious beliefs about about life and about the conception of life. And the problem is, is when that starts to enter into the conversation, when it comes to legal definitions, you're taking it too far because we are, we are a secular country. We are not a Christian nation as people like to, to push and claim we are a secular nation and there's supposed to be a separation of church and state and religious beliefs are not supposed to have influence over our laws, but. Yeah. Let's see everybody. People are calling up and saying they feel they're in a third world country. That's what it's coming to. Right? Well, it's just it's just hyperbole. Yeah. So, well, I we're going to we're going to see you on the 21st though. Okay, Tim. And if you if you have any trouble getting a ride, Skeddy has offered to pick up anybody that needs a ride. And I call you up. 
You can let me know, and I will let Sketty know. Yeah, but how do you talk to you off the air anyway? Well, you have to use you have to talk to me directly. All right. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll work it out. Okie dokie. Have uh, a nice weekend. You as well. Take care. Bye. All right. Yeah, it's it's people are like oh, how do I talk to you off the air? You don't want to. It, it's not near, nearly as. Uh, it's not nearly as good as talking to me on the air. All right, I do have to take a break. When we come back, we can take more of your calls, but we'll be back in just a few moments. Yeah. All right, back to the phones, 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Yeah, what's going on? How you doing? Not bad. Ed, talking about, um, like, the abortion issue, I, I got a funny story. Yesterday, I called into Barry's, and I actually convinced them that Roe versus Wade was the correct... Uh, decision. And you'll never guess how. He he believes that the Republicans need to actually mind their own business. And I explained to him that that's exactly what Roe versus Wade was about. Privacy. It's about minding your own business. between And decisions are between the women and the doctor. And, you know, that, that's, that's pretty much the basis. It's, it's really not an argument or a debate over whether or not you have the right to abort a pregnancy. It's about do you have do you want the government involved in those personal medical decisions? Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, a lot of people and the the conservative side of the argument made a really, really good point by putting the label of pro life as if nobody else is pro life. It's really about pro privacy. And you know, I, I hear a lot of people make different arguments on, on this in regards to, um, you know, exceptions. So it, they call abortion murder, which the, the actual definition of murder is the taking of an innocent life. And when, when, you, when you really think about it, if you believe abortion is murder and you're taking the life of, of an innocent person, then you will not make an exception if your wife is in danger of losing her life and, and it's a choice between an abortion or your wife's life, if you can make an exception, because there's no justification for murder, if you justify an abortion to save the life of your wife, then it's technically not murder because you're justifying murder. And if your daughter is raped and is impregnated, if you justify an abortion because your daughter was raped, it is not actually murder. It's just you're just placating to and you using wordplay to, to try and and make it worse than what it is. And that, that that's basically my argument. It's, put, put it this way: if your life, if your wife's life was in danger and, and it was a toxic pregnancy, would you sacrifice the, the life of your wife to save the, chi- the the unborn child? And if that and if you can make that choice would you do that if the child was born already so say that say this this is really hypothetical no i get it going, you have the and, you know the guy breaks into your house and he points the gun and he says that you know your wife or your child yeah, your yeah. wife or your child are you gonna say uh you can kill my son because i need to keep you know you know i want my wife to live they actually made a movie about that it, it makes no sense the the abortion argument is not pro-life, pro-choice. It's pro-privacy. Mind your business. Right. Even now, now, the fact that the fact that Barry Richards 
in the afternoon agreed with this. He literally said, in, in order, because in, in the hindsight of, of the, the losses across the, uh, across the country uh, for Republicans, due to this, he agrees. Yeah. Roe versus Wade should've was left, correct. Should have left it Republicans, alone. Republicans should just mind their business. I got to just hold you there because I got to take the final break, but thank you for the call. You got it. I hope you're going to come to the listener meetup. All right. I think you hung up already. But yep, the listener meetup, Tuesday, November 21st, 5 to 8 at Knuckleheads. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. Now it is time for our weekly check in with Eric over at the butcher shop. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? It sounds like you guys are really busy over there this morning. Yeah, we're busy, man. Always right off the get-go. It's a holiday weekend, right? Yeah. I mean, you got Veterans Day tomorrow. You got Thanksgiving coming up. I'm sure everybody's coming in and ordering their food for Thanksgiving now, yeah, right? Yeah, I got, I got turkeys. I got a lot of turkeys ordered. I make turkeys, and I got uh, fresh ones, too, coming in. So you'll not only do you have it there for people to buy it to make it at home, you'll prepare it for them? Oh, yeah, with sides and all. Yeah, we do all that. But they got to order it now, I would assume, right? You don't want to wait till the yeah, last minute. Yeah, you know, now's the time pretty much. Uh, do we do plates, too, with people, you know, they don't want a whole bird or something. We do plates, you know, nice stuff. And and what are what are some of the other things that people would grab for Thanksgiving when they're, when they're coming in there? Oh, everything. I would say I got chestnuts, I got sweet wine, I got a lot of wines. You know, I got good prices on wines, too, man. And what about, you know, just for this weekend, if somebody's coming in looking for something to cook up for, for Veterans yeah, Day, they want to honor a veteran? I got, I got fresh rabbits. Oh, okay. I got nice fresh rabbits. Just got them. That sounds delicious. Rabbits, yeah. I got chestnuts. I got sweet wine. I got it. I got regular wine. I got meat. I got, I got tomahawks. I got whatever people want, man. Just come in and I'll get you whatever you want. I got to ask you, what are you having this weekend? Oh, man, I don't know. I have no idea. I think I'm going to have to make a turkey. There you go. Yeah. An early turkey. Not, you know, try it out. I like eating turkey before Thanksgiving. You know, it's, yeah, it gets you in the mood for it. Yeah. Everybody's getting ready for it. Holidays. All right. Well, everybody should get down there and order their holiday meal now, but also pick up some things to lash until then as well. Eric, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, brother. I'll talk to you, man. All right. That is Eric over at the Butcher Shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. Stop on by, order your Thanksgiving food now, and as he said, he'll prepare it for you, right? How much easier could it be? And you can even you can even get the plate. You don't even need to get the whole thing. You can just get a Thanksgiving platter to serve your family. All right, that's going to do it for me. Stay tuned. Chris is coming up with South Coast now. He has Tom Hodgson in with him, and uh, they'll be taking your phone calls, 508-996-0500. I hope